0: Award-winning gummies, twenty-one plus. That's viahemp.com, and use the code TSFS at checkout. Support the show. Tell them I sent you, and enhance your everyday life with Via Hemp. I'm revealing how much I spent on that Taylor Swift ticket, and I'm giving a full review of the Taylor Swift concert. Was it worth one thousand? Did my mic just cut out Okay hold on (laughs) It's Taylor Because she's also a witch Which I will get into Which I didn't realize Until I went to her concert People have hit me up In so many DMs Saying Because I went to Taylor Swift At the very last minute I bought a ticket On Tuesday morning For a Wednesday night show Here in Los Angeles To close out Her SoFi Stadium Six night tour I think it was her longest stay In one city Uh And I paid (laughs) $1,503.04. I know. I know. It's a mortgage payment. It's a mortgage payment. I know. I know. Many of you just pulled over your vehicle and threw up. I threw up too when I uh, saw that, uh, you know, withdrawal from the bank account. I did too. But I was in mourning And I just had a gut feeling that I needed to go see her. And I am so glad that I did. So I'm giving a full review of my Taylor Swift. As a not a fan of Taylor Swift, what I thought of the Taylor Swift concert that apparently is going to, by the time it's all said and done, because now it heads out of the United States for a while and doesn't come back to the US, I don't think until 2024, it's supposed to be the tour itself, right? So everything, the ticket sales, the... Merch is going to bring in a billion dollars for the Taylor Swift Empire. And I can see why. I can see why. I'm a fan now. Uh, Semi-fan. Will I ever go again? No, I don't think I will. I wanted to go because a lot of you that follow this podcast know I had my second miscarriage a couple of weeks ago. And a DNC, and it was just, it was such a gut punch. We were supposed to be 14 weeks along, although the fetus stopped growing around 11 weeks and something, Um, and I probably had miscarried around, uh, I don't know, 13 weeks, I guess, so it is, it's long, it's 13, 14 weeks, so... I was I was really down. Schman and I, my husband, and I'm sure KJ, even though he's only a little over two, senses something is wrong in the house. We've just been so down, you know? And I was like, gosh, I just have this gut feeling inside me that I need to go see Taylor Swift. And one of the reasons is... You know, this is such a cultural moment. I wanted to spend this insane amount of money to make myself feel better. And two, I felt like it was a moment in time that we are never going to get back. I don't care what people say. Oh, Stevie Nicks is still touring the Rolling Stones. I don't give a shit. They're not in their prime. They're not, it ain't, I've seen Stevie, who I adore, I love her, a couple of years ago, in Washington, D.C., at the Verizon Center or whatever it's called now, downtown. And she immediately came out. She said, I'm singing songs from my album called The Witch's Brew. I mean, something you'd never heard of, honey, which was signaling to say she wasn't going to sing any of the hits from Fleetwood. I stayed about 45 minutes to listen to a bunch of twang I didn't know, and I left. I wasn't interested. Now, Taylor Swift's Eras Tour, I figured this is going to be the best of the best. This is going to be all the hits, and I'm sure she's going to go on to have many other hits, but everything, every hit you've ever heard of Taylor Swift, she's going to play that night. Every celebrity on the planet, every ch- every girl you know under the age of 35 is trying to get a ticket and paying an astronomical amount of money and wants to be in this room, and just everybody who leaves goes, wow, this is a – it was – a really out of body experience. And I think the last person that really did this, I know Beyonce's on tour and she's doing it, but it's that Michael Jackson effect. Michael, in the late eighties and nineties, you just couldn't beat it. It was it was just something that he could stand up there from God and give to the audience. And she has it, she just has it. So I went, I paid $1,500 for this last minute seat at on SeatGeek, I was in section 100. I think row 16 or something, or row 10, seat six, got to SoFi. SoFi is beautiful. It's brand new. There's water fountains and lovely gravel and sand and lots of VIP space. And, you know, when you're going to Section 100, they walk you down like you're going to go to the VIP room. But instead of turning right where Channing Tatum was, I wanted Channing all over your Tatum. I had to go left, and no one was chanting on my Tatum. So, But 100 ain't anything to, like, bulk at. It was beautiful. It was great. Except, you know, with a lot of girls, a lot of guys. Um, one guy that was dressed up as a snake because of her, you know, snake songs. I didn't know half the songs or whatever, okay? But it was so good. Haim opened. Didn't realize they were all best friends with Taylor, but they are. They were great live. Such a good, I wanted to be around people. And the minute I walked in and sat down and saw people cheering and the the energy was so pure it brought me back, it brought me back. It gave me goosebumps. You know, I started to tear up a little bit, but I was like, I can't be this solo woman crying by myself. People are going to think something's wrong. And you know, they're going to be like, oh my God, does this woman have a bomb strapped to her? Like, why the fuck is she like melting down? So I had to keep it together. I held it together and I just thought I'm going to take in all the music. Three and a half hours, Taylor goes. Three and a half hours. And this bitch, she transforms at one minute. She's a witch. And then she's a seductress, and then she's up in a little treehouse with a bunch of moss. I mean, she was—it was so good. Most of the time, I'm not a huge fan of concerts. I was in radio for nine years, as you guys know. I've seen everybody: Britney Spears, Circus Tour, Maroon Five. Um, oh my God, Gwen Stefani. I mean, at, you name it—we've had tickets to it. Thank God, it was so fun. When. New Kids on the Block came back after years. That was pretty amazing. And Spice Girls I got to see. That was a childhood dream. They were they were really good, too. But I don't think I thought that Spice Girls were singing live most of the time. Taylor appeared to be singing live, and it was good. The acoustics were good. The stage is crazy. Now, she can't dance, so they they very cleverly do a lot with the stage. They bring out sets. They The stage is up and down. To kind of hide the fact, and she has a beautiful Group of backup dancers That do a terrific job To kind of hide the fact That she can't dance Which was She doesn't need to Like all You know All her hits were Were played And I I I just loved it. And you know what I think is magical about her, even as not being an Uber fan? She really is one of those artists that transcends like age, you know, age, gender. Like there were guys there. There were girls there. There were all ages. And you know, it is, there is something to. And I mean, I'm one of the raunchiest people ever. I, I When I started this podcast. He was so rated X. So it's not like I should be, like, championing somebody who's PG. But there's something wholesome about she – not every other word is not fuck. I think she drops fuck twice, maybe the entire show of three and a half hours. And it's ju- it's positive. It's, like, it's just positive. It's not raunchy. It's not, you know, Sure, her outfits are very uh, – Like, appropriate, you know, she's not, like, down there showing her vagina lips. Now, again, if they were me, I would be. Like, my act would be more Cardi B, where Cardi B, I mean, doesn't she give, like, the mic a blowjob or something? I think the last concert where she threw a mic on someone, she was telling people spray her to get wet. I mean, you know, like, I'd be more that, okay? But I appreciate an artist who, for three and a half hours, can keep your attention without having to go to extreme sex acts or lyrics or... I mean, it was pretty amazing. Now, I am worried about a couple things. Taylor does two signature things throughout the show a lot. The eye the eye thing. She's always got her eyes to the side. So she stands there in the middle of the stage. And then she turns her eyes up, you know, like cat eyes. And looks up, you know, and she gives that stare. And then she's always throwing out one hip. I'm like, bitch, you're going to need an eye replacement and a hip replacement with those moves. Okay. How about a little bit just more direct eye contact? We would have liked to just see you look into the audience, but she's always like she'll pose with one hip out and then she looks up the eyes. (laughs) But she's magical. She is a witch too. And I feel like that is the secret too. Like Stevie Nicks, witch. Taylor Swift, witch. Beyonce, probably witch, you know? And she does. She comes out and does this one thing with these, like, all her backup dancers have cloaks on. And it is. It's like they're, like, Salem witch. And they have, like, these lit up magical balls. And she's singing one of her songs. And I thought, this bitch, they know where it's at. I'm telling you, a little bit of witch magic always works. And then she's, you know, then she transforms. And she's wearing her fairy gown. I mean, it just was... So good, and and to keep the audience so engaged for three and a half hours, and the stamina, the stamina to do that mm-hmm. night after night to take receive the love and give it back, and then she comes out at one point, and she did this with Kobe Bryant's youngest daughter. Every show, she's wearing one of her outfits, and she has a hat on, and they bring a little girl up to the near the stage and she like bring you know goes down and puts the hat on the girl and just tells her how much she loves her and wishes her luck and it's so beautiful and empowering and i think why it works is it's even though i'm sure taylor swift is probably a lot about taylor it never appears that way everything was i think curated for the audience like, so the audience has the best experience, you know? So there's really not a down moment. You're entertained. You're looking at the, at the stage. You're, she's speaking to you. She's singing to you. Haim is entertaining you. It's just... Do you hear that? That is the sound of the brand new and delicious You Natural conception for her in their juicy strawberry gummy flavored... I don't know, some, you know, some artists, it's like they come out and they're like, I don't want to sing any more of my hits. All right, good night. You know, it's like, none <laughs> of it It was just, it was worth every penny. Every penny. And you know, she's one of those people, you forget how many hits she has. It's like Mariah Carey. It is like Beyonce. It's like Maroon 5. You forget how many hits they really have until you're sitting there. Um And you know, I, I read an article in the Daily Mail. I thought this was really good because I used to I used to feel this exact same way about Taylor Swift. Kara Kennedy wrote, "Okay, I'm ready for the Swiftie ba- slapback. Taylor is cringe, unoriginal, massively overhyped. When will the millions in this cult like collective trance shake it off?" And she essentially says that since the Eras tour has started, more people are buying tickets because of fear of FOMO, which I. Look, that's part of it. I felt like she's only going to be this good in this moment of time for so long. I'm sorry. I I feel like all artists have a peak. I think this is it. I do. I probably won't go again. I'm not saying she's not going to create amazing magic and she's not going to go down in history as one of the greatest, highest grossing artists of all time. I think all those things are true. But when there's an energy around a tour, like there was about Michael Jackson when he performed at the Super Bowl, you're only going to be a part of that moment for one time. And Eras was it, and it was it was it. It was worth it. So Kara Kennedy goes on in her article to basically say, you know, the tour is predicted to fetch a record-busting 1.4 billion. So I stand corrected. And essentially, she says that Taylor is a crafted image. Okay, so her lyrics to a point, are relatable, but she is not. She is an image that you want to see of this goody-goody woman who has cats and writes about her ex-boyfriends and, you know, loves her girlfriends and, um, you know, is helping out and feeding, you know, giving her millions of dollars to feed people when she's not on stage. And, you know, enough with the bullshit and let's see, like, the real her. I kind of don't want to see the real her. Sorry, Kara. I, I get what you're saying. I used to be a hater as well. But now I'm a lover. And uh, I don't want to see the real Taylor. I think it's amazing. Because we see so many stars, right? When Miley Cyrus was Hannah Montana. And then she was like, to hell with that. I'm going to get raunchy with Robert with Robin Thicke at the MTV Music Awards and bend down in his crotch and lick a bunch of popsicles and suck a bunch of D on stage. I mean, we, we knew the ship of innocence had sailed. Taylor's a genius. She's a genius, much like the Kardashians are a genius in their own right. She is a – much like Tom Brady's image is very crafted. She's a genius because it is hard to stick with an image that is set out for you, right? So whether, whether it's true to Taylor – and it seems like it kind of is. It seems like she is sort of this witch-like human that's then like a cat lover. I mean she's kind of – she just is this like good witch, you know? I think that's truly who she is. I could see her with a cauldron like at her house in Rhode Island. I mean I – I give her props because it's very hard to keep up that persona. We see in poor Britney Spears, right? The girl went through the ringer. Couldn't, you know, not that I'm saying that that's the way Britney's career was set up. Like you're going to be good. You're going to be good. And then you can't take it. Most people can't. I couldn't, I'm not, but it, it is kind of noteworthy when someone can, when they set out this wholesome image and they don't differ, they don't like veer from that. I mean, that's pretty amazing. Sorry, Kara Kennedy. You're wrong, girl. Um, but I, I look, if you're still trying to get a ticket because she's coming back here to the United States, I think she's going down to New Orleans and some other places. I would do it. I have no regrets. I'm so glad I went. I loved the energy. And you know what I loved, too, that was inspiring and I think can be inspiring to everyone and even to myself, although I feel every year I'm more true to this – But when I watched her go out on stage, she had so much confidence and I looked at her. Do you ever look at people in life and you go, oh, they're doing exactly what they're meant to be doing? Like when she took that stage, I was like, wow, you had a calling to be a star, to be a singer, to bring joy through your songs of breaking up with a man. And boy, is it working. And I loved how confident she was. I, she's confident in her quirkiness. It, it The whole thing, I'm telling you, I love it. Sometimes you go to these shows, you feel like people, they're putting on the, mo- they're just doing the motions. There was just something genuine about her and she stands in her quirkiness and she, and I thought, you know, you know what? I would take my kids to that show because I think you walk away with live your dream. Now, are most people's dream going to be maybe as extreme as that? No. But still, whatever your dream is, if your dream is to, like, breed caterpillars, well, get to it. Because if you love it, I thought it really came out. I thought she really had a ball. She also announced at the final show here in Los Angeles at SoFi, she's re-releasing her 1989 album, the year she was born. So that's a big deal. Her fans were going nuts. You know, again, am I going to buy it? No. The merch lines were insane. And I thought to myself, fabulous, I'm going to get a margarita. And I did. It was a wonderful little fabulous high-end bar and they had a champagne bar. I got myself a delicious margarita with salt on the rim. And I sipped on that while I waited in line for tacos that were, "Mm, mm." stadium food isn't that great. But I don't care what stadium you go to, they all buy from the same place. So it's like Cisco's finest, which, you know, no offense, I I love me sometimes the Cisco pretzel. It wasn't like I was living for the tacos there. But I was living for the margarita. They made a good margarita at SoFi. Um, and everybody was so sweet. The trading bracelets thing, you know, people were trading bracelets. Nobody traded bracelets with me. I was fine with that. I didn't, like, attempt to trade bracelets with anybody else. Um, the guy sitting next to me was hysterical. He was with his girlfriend, and he was watching the Dodgers game the entire time that Heim was out. And then when Taylor came out, he, like, dropped it, screeched like a girl, and was all over his girlfriend. <laughs> What a turn of events. What a turn of events. I didn't know what was going on there. I didn't know. I was like, what? This man. I, I mean, but that's what I'm saying. The Swifties transcend, honey. They transcend all of it. Let's see. Let's play some. Let's play some music. Oh, my God. I love Okay, this was her talking. We're trouble when you walked in. Oh my God, it was great. time? Oh, it was really good. So anyway, it was totally worth it. You guys slid in my DMs. You're like, how much did you pay? How much did you pay? Did you really like it? Did you really like it? Yeah. I did I I needed to go because I needed that hope I feel like she does bring hope I feel like she she's a reminder of like never to give up I just I loved everything she embodied there's something magical when somebody can do that when I I just it's sad I see so many of these performers and I'm thinking about I I love Doja Cat but to see how much Doja has and maybe it's on purpose and she's living maybe Doja is living her best self and I'm becoming my parents that's probably it but Doja just, like, to me, she's, like, gone down this. so, she's so weird now. Like, they become so, they have to go so weird to keep attention. <sighs> Even, like, I'm sorry, but I'm so over the fucking, all these performers have tattoos now on their face. Like, uh, you, like, just let the, your voice do the talking. Like, post Malone. I mean, the dude, it just looks like a, you know, bathroom stall wall now. I mean, like, come on. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry. He's lovely, but like, yeah, I, I mean, I want to see your beautiful face, not a fucking dollar bill side on your eye when I'm trying to make out with you. It's just so weird. I They all go so weird, I think. And I appreciate she's weird in a witch kind of way, but it's a different way and it works. Want your life back? Order Hungry Root. It's actually as simple as that. Truly, Hungry Root is the best meal kit service I have ever worked with because they have meals that take 12 minutes You will be too. Hungry Root's website so easy to use as well. You just go. You can type in a type of cuisine, or if you like chicken, or you can do preset where you tell them you're vegetarian, keto, or you're a meat lover. Right now, get forty percent off. My listeners are getting forty percent off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to hungryroot.com/tsfs and get forty percent off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's hungryroot.com/tsfs. Don't forget to use my link so they know who sent you and get 40% off right now and free veggies for life. Hero breads. Oh, my gosh. Chefs com and tell them the Sarah Fraser show sent you let's thank a sponsor you guys I'm obsessed with you thank you for frequenting my sponsors please let me know by the way if you like my sponsors because I try to handpick every sponsor for uh my audience which is 80% women fabulous shout out to the 20% men who listen to the Sarah Fraser show but the most recent one is Little Spoon which I love back to school is a really stressful time Well, Little Spoon is a food delivery service, a subscription box service for kids. And KJ is loving it. I'm talking from babies all the way up to eight-year-olds. They have Biteable's. Baby blends, plates, and smoothies. Now, what are these? Baby blends are fresh, organic baby food food from single ingredients to multi-textured purees. Their plates are for toddlers and big kids where they do hidden veggie mac and cheese, chicken nuggets, and adventurous eats like pot stickers. The best part is you never have to worry about chemicals. They use organic products. They know the source, so you can be in good hands. And the things that I love about it, so they come in a plastic container, you know, but you don't have to microwave it. You can also put it in the oven i really like that i don't like to microwave items for kj and i don't like to use a lot of plastic make this year's back to school chaos just a little more manageable with time-saving delicious and healthy meals and snacks your kids will love go to littlespoon.com tsfs and enter code tsfs at checkout to get 30 percent off your first little spoon order that's little L I T T L E S poon dot com slash tsfs and enter our code tsfs for thirty percent off at checkout and please once you order little spoon let me know I'd love to know your reviews because KJ is really enjoying their pouches so I'd love to know if your kids enjoy their meals and biteables and more okay the other thing I wanted to talk about I really need somebody to b- debate about this um is there is I have to shout out the LA Times the LA Times does amazing entertainment reporting okay. Tom Girardi, Erica Jane's former ex-husband, um, they do the best entertainment reporting. And they just did, over the weekend, a story of what really happened between Kesha, the singer, and Dr. Luke. Mm, is it a read? Oh! Is it a read? And I, what I love, I enjoy an article that leaves you wondering... Like, what really happened? And the article, I mean, I want to ask you guys if anybody has read this article about Kesha and Dr. Luke. I mean, who do you believe? Do you think he really did sexually assault and rape Kesha? Or um, do you think that she openly admits she was so drunk she doesn't know what happens. All she knows is she woke up in a hotel room. I'll give you some back context. If you're, because this story's been out there for a long time, but they they just sort of resolved it recently. Which is why it's coming up, um, you know. Or do you think you can't you can't find Doctor Luke guilty? You can't make judgments about Doctor Luke if she has no memory and cannot prove that he really did sexually assault her. Which is really kind of where it's at. That's that is where it's at. He's never no criminal charges have ever been brought. She never went to the hospital. There's no there's no proof, right? Back context. If you haven't read the article, it's really good. They. This lawsuit has been going on where she sued Dr. Luke saying that he raped her. She wanted out of her contract, multi-year like album, you know, contract with him. Um and that he sexually assaulted her in a hotel room here in Los Angeles 10 years ago after a party at Paris Hilton's house where Kesha was so drunk she threw up in Paris Hilton's closet and knocked over a tray of cocaine in the bathroom where people were partying. And essentially, Paris and the other people were like, get her out of here. And Dr. Luke was producing her. She was a new artist. This was like before she totally popped off. And he left with her, went back to her hotel room because he had signed her as an artist, okay? He signed Katy Perry and Kesha to produce their albums. And he did. I Kissed a Girl, Hot and Cold, with Katy Perry, Um, TikTok with Kesha, And many more hits now he's done for other artists. Genius, genius music producer. Okay. So they have this relationship where he's the producer, she's the client. And he apparently, after she had this moment, brings her back to his hotel room. He says he spent the night on the couch. She slept in the bed. She says she wakes up naked. Her vagina feels weird. She called her mom at the time. She called a friend. But she never went to the hospital. And she goes on to... I think at one point asked Dr. Luke if, he, if they had sex, he said no. And she continues to work with him, puts out her albums, becomes a huge star. And you know, for a while things were good, but you know it, this, the, doc, the article goes into the deterioration of their um, relationship, mostly over her weight, you know that he was he was very uh, critical of her weight. At one point in a music video said she looked like a refrigerator. He, you know, always wanted her on a diet. She wasn't eating. She was starving herself. And he didn't care how she did it. He told her cocaine, laxatives, whatever you have to do. But you better be thin. You better be hot. Nobody wants to team up with a fat artist. Oh, that's so awful. And, you know, that part I'm like, "Uh, yes, I believe it. Yeah, 100%. The other part of this article is Kesha says that at some point in the night at Paris Hilton's, before they got to Paris's, that Dr. Luke had given her a sober pill. Nobody knows what that was. He completely denies that ever happened. There's no such thing. Okay. So, you know, the years go on and then base and and like, there's so many elements to this, right? Her mom wanted to be a famous singer, never became one, puts all her eggs in Kesha's basket. Kesha begins to become famous. So the mom's going to be a songwriter with her. Anyhow. Then in 2011, the mom fires off to the music record label industry people that Dr. Luke, if they don't let Kesha out of her multi-record agreement with Dr. Luke, they're going to come forward and they're going to tell the true story of how he sexually assaulted her. And anyway, you know, they they try to keep it down. A record executive emails Kesha's mom and says, you know, you're killing your daughter's career. Cut this shit out. You know, everybody knows it's not true. Stop. But then a couple years later – it you know she Kesha goes to war with Dr Luke and does a legal team including Mark Garagos. Mark Garagos drags Lady Gaga in because Lady Gaga had said that she was sexually assaulted by somebody in the record business when she was younger, um, and they allude to the fact that that was Dr Luke. They also say that Katy Perry was sexually assaulted by Dr Luke. None of which is true it, it, that we know of of this time because Katy Perry has completely denied it, and Lady Gaga has never revealed who it was, even though Lady Gaga stands by Kesha. But it's, it's such a great article. It's, it really casts, I don't know, it casts, I guess, a question of who do you believe in this situation? And, you know, both of them have lost a lot. You know, Kesha is, she hasn't really had a hit in years. She hasn't, I think she's going back on tour, but her career has never been the same. And Dr. Luke has gone on to to still work, and do amazing music things. Um, but, you know, his whole reputation has been dragged through the mud. And maybe the guy's a dick, but did he really sexually assault her? And then it even brings into play, you know, like Lady Gaga and some of these other artists that got on board with Kesha when Kesha openly says, I was too drunk to remember anything from that night. Such a... Fe- it's, it's a fascinating discussion to me. It really is, because... You know, you want to believe women. And then you're like, I don't don't know. I'm so – I was looking to see if I could read the the, uh, Dr. Luke and Kesha mutual statement. But um, I don't know. I'd love to debate somebody. I'd love to debate if somebody believes him, believes her, if she ever should have brought up anything, if you didn't really remember the details and you couldn't prove without, you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt that – he did rape her. Should, he, should she have ever brought it up? And, and did she just try to use that to get out of her deal with him? He, the, on June 22nd, they posted, Kesha and Dr. Luke have agreed to a resolution of the lawsuit and have agreed to issue and post a joint statement regarding that resolution. In resolution of that lawsuit, Kesha and Dr. Luke each state the following. Only God knows what happened that night. "'As I've always said, I cannot recount everything that happened. I am looking forward to closing the door on this chapter of my life and beginning a new one. I wish nothing but peace to all parties involved.'" Dr. Luke writes, while I appreciate Kesha again acknowledging that she cannot recount what happened that night in 2005, I'm absolutely certain that nothing happened. I never drugged or assaulted her and would never do that to anyone. For the sake of my family, I vigorously fought to clear my name for nearly 10 years. It's time for me to put this difficult matter behind me and move on with my life. I wish Kesha well. Dr. Luke. Who do you believe? Who do you believe? Hit me up. It's a big one for me. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how you can... Look, I believe I believe all women. I mean, what what did she have to gain? I guess a lot of people could say she had to gain to get out of her contract with him and get away from him, right? And do I have any doubt that he's probably a douche that did make fun of her weight and was very critical? Yeah. But man, that's a big thing to accuse somebody if, if you don't have proof to back it. All right. Well, weigh in. Let me know if I'm right or wrong or just your two cents. Uh, at the Sarah Fraser Show, everywhere podcasts are played. New episodes seven days a week and at the Sarah Fraser Show on social media. Bye.